Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. I can't believe that. Boyd has kicked the goal from inside the centre Yes, hello guys and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast again in 2023. This is our third podcast of the year, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie Dads. Uh, I'm going to be running you through all things AFL Supercoach related over the next half an hour or so, um, but I can't do it without the special guests that give me all of my information, all of my cheat sheets during the year. I've got two very special ones today. First off the bat is Dylan Bolch, um, Herald Sun journalist, uh, budding media superstar, Get around him on Twitter. He's, he's constantly tweeting good stuff, even about Hawthorne sometimes. Uh, Dylan, great to have you on board today. Thanks, Eddie. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Should be good. And we've got a, another special guest with us today. Very, very pleased to announce we do have another special guest today and joining us on SC Playbook this season. Um, it's the man, the myth, the legend, Rob Rainman Rainbird. Um, you may have seen him on Twitter. You may have seen him on DT Shiva. You may have even seen him on DT Talk back in the days. He's an absolute stalwart of the AFL fantasy and super coach. Um, well, basically the last 20 years, Rob, um, I want to find out a, a bit more about you, to be honest. I know I personally have come across you a couple of times. Um, you've always been fantastic, always valued your opinions. So good to have you on the show in, in as short a space of time as you can. Can you, can you tell us a bit of your background in the AFL and super coach world? Jeez, thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Dylan. Uh, I'm just reeling from that 20 years in the fantasy football community, <laughs> probably showing my age a little bit, but uh, it, I like to describe myself as a fantasy footy fossil, so that, that's probably about bang on. Um, yeah, look, I uh, I am uh, fairly old. I remember playing super coach and AFL fantasy out of the newspaper many, many years ago. Mm. Um Back in the days when CUDA was still relevant, when my Blues were, were actually a decent side. Um, look, since then, uh, very much passionate around sharing my knowledge with the broader community, whether that be through various Facebook groups or Twitter. Um, but realistically, uh, this time of year is probably my favourite time of year where you, mm. you're just guessing yourself, you're changing your team every five seconds and reading way too much into pre-season reports and time trials and all of that fun stuff. So um, I'm really... Uh, pumped to be part of the SC Playbook team this year and hoping that, um, you know, we can help somebody uh, really climb the rankings and maybe take out the big one. Fantastic, Rob. It's uh, literally amazing to have you on board. Um, what I do want to know, you've been a bit modest there. I want to, I want some bragging. Give us some of your best results over the years. I, I know you won the DT Shiva Div 2 at some point. Um, surely you've got some, some top 100 fantasy finishes in there. Come on, regale us with them. Yeah, look, there's a couple. They're probably a fair while ago now. I feel like most of my uh, my great performances happened before kids, and you read into that what you will. Um, <laughs> the last couple of years have been pretty good, up to about uh, about round sixteen, round seventeen, and gone way too hard on the on the trades, and then just really petered out. So I think last year I was was sitting in the top 100 for, for about six or seven weeks and then uh, and then died a little bit starting Brayshaw and Mills helped with that mm. last year they they kind of came out of the block so um and in the uh in the traditional world dream team world um yeah was flying pretty high there last year up in about the top 15 top 20 for most of the year um wow. and then again uh yeah the uh, the trade bug hit probably too much so you know everyone's moaning about uh more trades i'm bloody embracing it bring it on it might <laughs> give me a chance this year <laughs> uh, we love to hear it. Um, one thing I've been asking all of the guests on the podcast this year is um, a question I think is really important because I reckon Supercoach 
well, obviously we know it's a lot about luck. It's also about learning your lessons um, and taking sort of taking hints year on year and everything you do sort of trying to make make a, make, make yourself better as a super coach out of it. So I want to ask you, Rob, um, what was the, the major lesson that you took out of your season last year? I know you mentioned trades, um, but you seem to be still very keen on trades. So, yeah, what is, what is the one lesson you took out of last year? I reckon that, and we hear it every year, it's back your gut. You know, do, do your research and back your gut. Uh, I did that with my starting squad last year. It was pretty good. Apart from a couple of picks, I, I kind of let the community talk me into butters and I didn't really want butters. And mm. obviously that was probably a failed pick last year. Not that that, that cost me the, the year. But I think, uh, you know, so much time is spent on your starting squad and so much analysis. And then you kind of just fly through week on week without actually putting the same thought uh, into your trade. So I think once you've done your research, back your gut. And it, I think it's always good to have some some key advice from confidence, but, um, you know, treat that as lightly as you can whilst, whilst still, you know, uh, locking in what you know and what you think you should do. Yeah, absolutely love that advice, Rob. Um, it's so good to have you on board. We, we've got a big year building um, at scplaybook.com.au. So if you haven't checked out the site yet, and if you're just a podcast listener, I do recommend checking out the site. There is a lot of good content on there. We're smashing out sort of the team previews at the moment. So looking at which guys are coming in and out of teams, uh, what, what an extended bench might look like. Um, so yeah, check it out. It's, it's going to be great. We're going to have Rob writing for us this year, along with a host of other brilliant writers. Uh, I can't wait for it. Um, the first thing I want to get to this week, boys, is something that I'm going to do, I think, every week of the preseason. And I think it's good just to get a little roundup of, of the big news in the Supercoach world. Um, and yeah, like we discussed last week, it can be a bit hard to discern fact from fiction at this point of the year. There is a lot of uh, a lot of hot air being spouted by a lot of clubs. Um, so you always have to pass it by the sniff test. But these guys, uh, you got you. You guys have brought me in some some quality news from this week, um, Dylan. What's 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 stood out to you over the last seven days? Is something that, that people should know from a super coach perspective. Um, I think I guess one of the bigger ones that sort of came to the fore this morning was that Harry Himmelberg is set to be a forward if all things go to plan um, this season. That was in uh, I think Riley Beveridge wrote that this morning um, that Kingsley wants to play him as a forward first and foremost to sort of help. Aaron Cadman out. Um, so I guess, you know, if he's a, if he plays as a forward, he's probably not one for Supercoach. Um, I would have thought early doors. Yeah, uh, that's I did say that one as well. And I agree. I don't think you can pick Harry Himmelberg with, with the thought that he would even be playing sort of half his time forward. Um, it's just not going to work. Um, we need him to be in the back lines to be relevant. Um, something I saw over the last couple of days, which, which did put a little bit of a dampener on some of my defensive plans, was um, Christian Salem. Um, he's still on a modified training program. Um, he's had a thyroid issue by the sounds of things. Um, yeah, I just he's 390k, so it, it, you know it's not it's not a complete spanner in the works. It's easy to work around him, but I had sort of factored him in as as one of my defenders. Um, I don't I think that makes it a little difficult, Rob. Don't you reckon? I just I just don't like modified training programs at this stage of the season. Yeah, I think that's always a worry, and and that awkward price point as well. Um, you know, uh, the three ninety. Where do you go with that if it does fail? Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a tough one. I think the one that jumped out for me, uh, Eddie, was uh, hearing Josh Gabalich last night or or recently talk around Darcy Cameron's role. Um, and some shared time with Mason Cox. So we obviously saw Cameron, you know, dominating that sole role and and his flexibility is certainly a really attractive option this year. The news that, you know, him and Cox are probably going to be the one-two punch for the Pies uh, probably just tempers a bit of expectation around what he can do this year. Yeah, I think that's a good call, Dylan. You, you tend to look at the Pies a little closely as being in that Melbourne bubble. What do you think they're going to be doing with, with their ruck? 
um, issues going forward. Not issues, but with their yeah. rap situation. Yeah, well, I think Rob's hit the nail on the head there. It sounds as though, um, you know, talking to a lot of Pies people as well, that they will go with both Cox and Cameron, um, which, which as Rob mentioned, I think it, it severely hampers Cameron's um, appeal from a supercoach point of view. So um, at the moment, I've got Taranto instead um, and playing Rowan Marshall and Tim English in the ruck. So not for me at the moment, but, I mean, you never know if you've seen the practice matches. Something... Um, I guess a little bit more appetising than I might revert back. But yeah, off him for now. What about, um, we are going to get to a bit of this later, so I'm not going not gonna to go too deep into this, Dylan, but there is a lot of buzz around Josh Weddle and it sounds like he's winning time trials. Um, he's looking really good in the preseason. If you believe what Hawthorne say, as a very, very close Hawthorne watcher yourself, is, is that fact or fiction? Uh, he's a freak athlete. He's a, um, an Oakley boy. Um, did re- had a really strong um, national champs campaign, so he was obviously on radars before that. But he was one of the one of the young fellows that um, his under 18s carnival really um, accelerated him, I guess, on draft boards. And I can't remember what pick he was. I think he was a uh, Hawthorne actually traded up for him. I've got a feeling he was late twenties, um, but don't hold me to that. He's yeah. I mean, there's there's spots there for for players round one for us. So um yeah, if if you believe what's coming out of the club, he's a a real. Real solid chance at a round one um, debut. Any other news we've missed, boys? Anything else you want to you want to get to before we head into the meat of the podcast? I think the important one we've got to talk about, Eddie, is uh, Tuuk Miller's rig. Uh, I don't oh, know if you guys saw that. that. Um, man, you could you could grate cheese on those abs. Um, um, as and... you said, as you said very well, Rob. He is the clubhouse leader for best preseason rig. <laughs> um, I thought that was very. Yeah. <laughs> I I um uh, I did have a pause though. I was kind of reflecting on this last night. I can recall doing seeing similar photos of Heaney and Taranto over the years mm. in preseason, and then yeah. they've just failed as picks. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's a correlation in there or not. Oh, um, I think Tuke's so still firmly in my plans, but geez, uh, and poor old uh, Fatty Ellis sitting next to him with the rig off. I, <laughs> I thought, hey mate, just throw a t-shirt back on. You, you can't be doing that. Uh, I'll never forget. I just moved to Sydney about two years ago and went to Maroubra Breach and saw Isaac Heaney in the preseason and his rig was outrageous. Uh, I couldn't not pick him that year. It was just incredible. <laughs> He's got one of the great world rigs, I reckon. Um, yep. Anyway, mo- moving on. Um, now, if you need a break and if you've been dreaming about cocktails on the beach in Mexico, eating gelato in Rome or not being able to remember half your time in Vegas with the boys, whatever you want to do and wherever you like to go, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice are going to get you to get you there. Speak to the boys today about how you can get quick and easy access to cash at the lowest rate possible so you can book that last-minute flight today. Message them on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on the website for their email, phone contact details, or a QR code. And remember, if you mention the SC Playbook podcast, then their usual $129 fee is waived, so get around it. Thanks to Pat and George from Mortgage Choice. Uh, Mortgage Choice. They've been helping us out the last couple of seasons. Uh, it's been fantastic. Now... Boys, the meat of this podcast, we did cheapies last week. Uh, sorry, we did mid-prices last week. Um, so it's only right that we go a little bit further deep into the uh, the archives of the Supercoach super playlist and go through some cheapy and rookie options. Um, so the task I've set you guys today is very broad. Um, I do think it's best keeping things broad at this stage in the preseason. We haven't seen any practice games or anything yet. We don't really know what these rookies are going to look like. But I do think it's good to have some on your watch list as we spoke about last week, that nothing beats the eye test when it comes to these players. So if you know who you're looking out for in practice games, um, I think it makes it a lot easier to judge how they're going to look in real life. So um, with that very broad uh, very broad brush that I painted with there, 
Rob, I want to start us off with the defensive line. Um, I saw my younger brother, Charlie, tweet that he was thinking about putting Yo at D1 because there's so many rookie price options, which, uh, uh, needless to say, set the Twitter world on fire. Um, but, but, Rob, does he have a point? Are there enough rookies in the defensive line that we can start, start to think about some of those sort of more rogue moves going into round one? Look, at this stage, there appears to be some popping up. Now, whether they're good scorers, whether they generate enough cash is obviously always going to be the challenge with those guys. Um, I do think there's some really good options there. Ruben Jinby has been talked about and obviously highlighted a lot, and I think he's going to be an absolute gun. Um, you know, he's kind of switching through with Yo in that midfield halfback role. So he looks like he should be penciled in for everyone at that kind of D4, D5, probably ideally position. Um, and, and I reckon there, there are some good options, probably more higher price though. So, you know, Connor McKenna's been thrown around. Where does he sit mm. within the Lions best 22? We know what he can do. Um, you know, a, a, a bit of time out of the AFL system. What does that look like for him? Josh go to put together a fantastic one game. Does that actually translate and, and does that role translate moving forward? And then, you know, some of the cheaper guys who just talked around Weddle, obviously, who absolutely looks like a jet. Does he have the scoring power? That I'm not sure about. Um, and then Darcy Wilmot obviously played those last mm. few finals uh, for Brisbane. Looks like he's a bit of mad as a cut snake and, and they kind of like that, I think. So um, if he can string some games together, I reckon you can potentially run maybe three on field if you want to go with Yo at, Yo at number uh, at D3. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, across the next couple of weeks, we'll really see what that means. Yeah, I want to specifically touch on two of those Brisbane guys because I think um, that's where my sort of um, head and heart is leaning at the moment with, with a couple of those defensive spots because I really like Wilmot. I liked what I saw from him last year and I really, really like Connor McKenna. Um, if people who have listened to this podcast before uh, know, will know how disappointed I was when Connor McKenna left Essendon because... Um, yeah, Essendon watchers will tell you he was he was sort of on the verge of of cracking that all Australian discussion. He was he was really really good. Um, I am a huge fan of his as a player. He, he's at 167 k. Like you said, Rob, um, there are there are some question marks about whether he does fit in that Brisbane Lions team. I, I saw Chris Fagan say the other day, you know, they're playing guys like Rayner, um, Rich, Kadeen Coleman, all off half back. So there aren't that many spots back there, but. I just, if he's the player that I saw sort of three, four years ago, I think he will make that role his own. And at 167K, he's a bargain. He averaged 80 in 20, 2021, I think. Um, so yeah. he, he's no slouch. Um, Dylan, are you a Connor McKenna believer? Um, I think so. Um, again, like it all depends if he's in the in the 22, but I can't, I think one of McKenna and Wilmot will be, um, mm. certainly. And hopefully there's room for both. Um, there was a guy in, the, uh, in our WhatsApp chat Nathan I want to say potentially um who said he went to one of the community camps um that the the Lions were running up in Queensland and and McKenna said to slot him into your team so <laughs> unless he's uh <laughs> sending us up the, up the wrong track uh, that's that's good news I think so uh straight from the horse's mouth <laughs> that is as good as intel as you're gonna get um let, let's make that go viral some guy at a uh, <laughs> at the Auskick clinic. That's great. I love that. Um, well, it's better than most stuff we have to work with at this time of the year. Um, Rob, I want to ask you. You're a Carlton tragic, obviously. Um, anyone who's seen you, seen some of your tweets on Twitter will know that. Um, I wanted to ask about Lockie Cowan um, because, yeah, all of the signs I haven't seen him play personally, uh, but all the buzz around him seems to be that he's quite an exciting prospect as well. Yeah, he's an absolute jet. And being a Tassie boy like me, uh, I've seen him in the flesh a few times mm. as well. Um, I, I reckon he, he certainly plays across the year, probably more towards mid-back end of the year. I, I can't see him 
getting a run early, given some of the depth the Blues have got. But obviously, we saw what happened with Zach Williams last week. We don't want to see that replicated again. But if it did, I think it opens a spot for him. Um, I'm actually going to be at the Blues training on Friday. So keen to get, uh, get a keen eye on him. And I might even ask him, hey, should we slot you into the 22? That seems, <laughs> seems to be how we get the intel. I yeah. <laughs> uh, love it. Um, Dylan, anyone that we've missed in the defensive line for you? No, I think that well, I think we've I've got a lot of the ones that are sort of popping up already. I guess there's the more expensive options in Liam Jones, Liam Stocker, Nick Coffee, these types. But we're always going to go the cheaper options if you know. I don't think either of those three have great scoring history um, or great yeah. potential. And if you you get a 120k guy that, that plays um, in the mould of a Wilmot or a, or a Cow, and I think we probably um, bank the 100k and, and go that option. But yeah, there's a few floating about. Um, yeah, yeah. For what it's worth, I'm a Caulfield fan. I think he is a good player and will be a good player. But, um, yeah, like you say, I'm not sure you can sort of pay up that extra cash when a Wilmot is, you know, all things considered, probably going to be very equal to him in scoring if they both play. Um, yeah. Anyway, moving on to the midfield, and I, I do want to throw straight back to you here, Dylan, because um, I think the obvious one that we need to talk about is uh, is Will, Ash- Will Ashcroft. Um, he's become a bit of a love child of yours. Um, you're, yeah. you're his number one <laughs> biggest fan. Um, I think most people are going to be very big fans of his by the time they see him play, but... Um, yeah, what can you tell me about how he's moving around and, and do you think he's worth it at that that sort of elevated price tag? Yeah, definitely, 100%. He, um, you know, last year he sort of ticked off everything he went through. He dominated um, dominated the NAB League, dominated the under-18s Carnival, then went to the VFL and dominated there. He, um, he's been waiting for an AFL debut for a number of years now. He's done a, He did a pre-season um, last up at the line, so it's not as though it's a, a new thing for him um, and spent time up there in the middle of the year as well, given he was um, out of school. So he finished um, finished year 12 at Brighton Grammar um, 2021, um, which meant that he, he saw all he could focus on on footy and a little bit of study on the side this year. He, um, yeah, he, I haven't, haven't thought twice about picking him. I think he'll be yeah. a, a gun. I don't, I don't think he'll obviously repli- replicate those numbers right off the bat, um, he seems to think, talking to him, that he'll play on the wing and, and across the half-forward line early doors. But even in match him last week, he spent some time in the gut. So, yeah, you know, if he gets any any time in the midfield um, at all, and even if he doesn't, I think you pick him and, and lock that away. Yeah, Raybird, you're nodding away. I, I think it's hard to argue at this point, isn't it? He's going to be in a lot of teams come round one. I'm just waiting for the the tweet that someone's got him at M1. That, that, that'll be coming <laughs> if, if the preseason form continues. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. Um, the, I did, I want to, uh, Ray Bird, I want to ask you about Ollie Hollands, um, another Carlton prospect, uh, brother of a perpetual tease, tease Elijah Hollands, who's, <laughs> who's bugged me in, uh, in a couple of formats over the last couple of years. Um, but Ollie Hollands, what can, you, what can you tell me about him? Is he any, he any chance to play early doors for Carlton? Yeah, again, probably not early doors. I reckon mid-season downgrade potentially, um, and depending on what happens with midfield depth there, um, you know, obviously we know that, that Walsh is out. Um, it looks like Hewitt and Kennedy may be, may be good for round one. We've got Chera floating around, and, and then, you know, the wings are pretty covered as well with with Lockie O'Brien um, and Blake Akers, even with Cottrell out. So there's a little bit of depth in that space, highly rated and, and training the house down from what I'm hearing. Um, but, yeah, he was certainly a good long-term play for the Blues and I'm yeah keen to get him out there. Hopefully he kind of uh, comes in around by time and that'll be a nice little downgrade for us. Who else are you looking at in that midfield line uh, as your rookie options, Rob? 
Oh, look, probably the, the popular ones, obviously, Will Phillips is going to be picked by everyone or should be if, mm-hmm. if he's not already. Um, and then probably some of the cheaper ones. Matty Johnson over at Freo seems like he's doing good things. Uh, Cam McKenzie at the Hawks. Um, who knows what the Hawks look like? They've, they've obviously got a, a bit to run through there. The one I really love, but he just went to the wrong club, is Jai Clark. Um, <laughs> I think he's an absolute jet. Um, how he breaks into, you know, what, what happens at the Cattery, I don't know. But it's, I reckon if he does... Um, uh, you know, jump on as quick as you can. Yeah, love it. You mentioned Will Phillips. Um, he's a little personal project of mine. I took him number two in a keeper league draft two seasons ago, and it's uh, it's been haunting me for a couple of years. So I'm hoping to see him come good this season. Dylan, are you uh, are you on the Will Phillips train? He's at 158k. Um, clearly, a very highly touted junior. Hasn't been able to do it at AFL level for a variety of reasons, primarily illness. Um, so he's missed a lot of time. But but are you in the camp that this is this is the year for him to to come onto the scene? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, as you mentioned, he hasn't had a great run at it, um, but seems to be fit and healthy and and um, getting through the preseason pretty well. So he's uh, definitely one to look at. Elijah Hewitt is another one over at West Coast who who seems to be doing pretty well in match sim. Um, Jack Bytel, Oscar Baker, these guys as well. Yeah. Sort of ones that you could probably put on, on your radar. But yeah, otherwise, I think we've covered um, a lot of the main midfield rookies so far. Nice. Uh, I'm going to be very blunt here. I don't have any ruck rookie options, so I'm going to need to throw straight to you guys. Uh, anyone? You got to, uh, Rob, you're shaking your head. That's not, not looking oh, like look, uh, you know, apart, apart from our perennial captain, uh, Madden from GWS, <laughs> I reckon this year at R3, um, yeah, look, unless something kind of crops up with the Saints with obviously their injury woes and and Roma taking the, you know, the, the big... Uh, amount of ruck time uh they may do something there i don't know but yeah i think it's pretty thin and unless you know we go to the well with a radical layer at, at kind of 170 mm. odd um who, who may play if there's injuries but yeah I, I personally can't find anything that i like the look of dylan that that hawks ruck, ruck um outfit is always a carousel is there any chance we get um one of the lesser known names to start the year no i don't think so i think oh, i don't have the prices in front of me but makes 400 plus i think lynch is close to 300k and I can't imagine Reeves is anything less than 350 so I wouldn't look at any of those blokes yeah um yeah we won't spend too much time on that that might be a nice little position to have as a uh, forward ruck swing at some point um yeah let's uh let's go to the forwards um the first one I want to ask you about Rob is uh Ben King um at 176 uh, at 176k um a lot of buzz around him he's he looks like he's going to play um he's approaching that 12 month injury mark since the ACL um, by the sounds of it, the Suns are expecting him to be available for round one. Now, this this is a weird one because we don't often get sort of key position forwards that are going are going to be. He's going to be one of the be- you know one of the better forwards in his position. He's a, he's a gun player. He's very very good, but he is still a key position forward. Now, are you going yeah. to be picking him over sort of the likes of I don't know a Judson Clark or a Josh Sin or you know any of these other options? Oh, not, not at this stage. I'm, I'm probably the same as you, Eddie. A, a, key, a key position coming back as well after 12 mm. months off. And do you know what? The the as as odd as the combination was, the the Casbolt Child com- combination actually worked fairly well for yeah. the Suns last year. So I know he's got a slot in there, and, and my boy Noah will be um you know throwing it down his throat. But at, at this stage, I reckon we've got some better options that you know he, he's probably uh, not in my initial calculations. Yeah, we might have to do a full Noah Anderson pod for you, Rainbird. I think um, <laughs> number one fan. I'm on the bandwagon with you. Don't worry, um, Dylan. Are you are you there on uh, there on Ben King? Are, are you gonna are you gonna be paying up that sort of little extra to get a key position guy, or are you more looking at the cheaper end of the spectrum? Um, it's interesting. At the moment, I have sort of locked him into my team um, purely because I think 
like he's going to play. There's no job security. There's no question marks. The scoring potential there obviously is a lot of question marks. And you know, I haven't had the chance to look at Gold Coast first six or eight games yet. But depending on how that sort of looks, that might be the the swing there. Um, you know, if they get Hawthorns and. West Coast and North in that first block, then I think you probably look at him pretty closely. But if it's, you know, Geelong and Sydney and Melbourne, then all of a sudden you might go, well, you know, if he's at 180K and 160K, whatever it is, and scoring 40s, it's probably not worth it. Agreed. Um, who else are you looking at in the in the forward line, Dill? Um, Toby McLean's an obvious one coming back yep. from a, a serious injury. Um Oscar Allen is another who's 210K um, that, that could be worth a look um, pending the role there. Harry Sheasel, another Sandy Dragons boy from last year, he's one I'd probably steer clear of. Um, I just don't think that, you know, in, in a side that is expected to struggle, he'll get enough looks to, to score well at, at close to 200K. Um, Bailey Humphrey's another one up at the Suns that, that could be good. Um, again, depending on role, you know, if he's pri- primarily forward 185K, it's probably not a great option. But if he gets some midfield minutes and all of a sudden that's a, um, a little bit more appetising. Um, Matthias Filippo at the Saints. Yeah. There was there was talk of a calf injury last week, the week before, but I haven't really heard anything more about that. So I'm not sure where that that's sort of sitting, but that's that's certainly one to keep an eye on as well. Um, Rob, one that I do that sticks out from that list of villains that I want to talk to you about is, uh, is Toby McLean. Um, because he's going to get a lot of buzz. He's going to be in a lot of teams, assuming that he's playing in round one. Um, I guess there's two parts to the question. First part is, is he going to make the Bulldogs team? I know there's been a lot spoken about Josh Dunkley leaving, so there's potentially that sort of forward mid spot available for him. And secondly, if he does play round one, um, is he worth a look? Or do you think it's do you think those days are past him? Because I know he, he averaged 95 points in 2018, so he, he's, got a, he's got a track record. He can score Toby McLean. Um, yeah, hit me with it. Yeah, look, 2018, uh, I feel like I had less grey hair then, so it feels like a long time ago, and I think we've got to be careful of, you know, running back too far, because the game has changed, you know, with the stand rule, 666, and I think there's a lot of challenges there. I'm I'm so back and forth on Toby. Um, I, I can the logical part of me says that he he fits right into that side, uh, but then there's this guy called Luke Beveridge, uh, and we know what Bevo can do. Mm. So I feel like I feel like he should be a no-brainer in there, and I feel like he uh, you know he made it might even fluctuate out on the, that uh, wing role you know that's been. Um, uh, Lockie Hunters for so long, either probably between him and Baker in that. So whether he does that kind of high half forward coming into the mids or, or out on the wing, I reckon there's a role for him. And if there is, I reckon you've got to pick him, but just temper expectations with the scoring. So, you know, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, I can't see him in that inside role that obviously Dunks had. Um, you know, you, you, there's a lot of conjecture around who actually takes that, you know, whether it's Bont McRae, uh, whether it's Basilinka, I think there's a few that will run through there. Uh, I, I think he'll be a good scorer, and I'm hoping he's named round one, and I think it's just logic then to jump on. Yeah, I think in, on balance, I agree with you. I, I think, yeah, the, players of that calibre aren't generally that price. Um, so I think if he, yeah, if he, he, is a good, he is a good enough player, he passes the eye test, um, I think he's worth if he gets named round one. Um, before we move on, Rob, any any last sort of forward rookie or cheapy options that we've missed? Uh, Blake Drury is get, getting a bit of noise um, at, at North, uh, potentially playing by ball a little bit, and he's he's really basement price. So if he comes up, we, we always love those 102K guys. Um, I don't mind Jai Menzi uh, at yeah. the Bombers. Uh, Guelphie going down, I think, helps him. Probably, again, not a hugely great score. He's got a reasonable price tag, but I don't mind him. Um, I'd love to see... Uh, 
our good friend uh, Pedler get up at the Crows. Yeah. Whether he's in that mix or not, I don't know, but I like him as a footballer. And, um, yeah, seeing a bit of North uh, train, they've got some high hopes for Charlie Combin, it feels like. So, mm. again, probably not a great scorer. 123K, though, if he's, um, if he's in that forward mix. I know they're a struggling team, but he could be a heartbeat if we need it. Aaron Cadman as well, I think we spoke a little bit about last week. Um, again, falls into that sort of key forward category. Um, you mentioned Jai Menzi, Nico. I think he will play early. Um, I'm just not sure whether he has the uh, the sort of the panache to stay in the team long term. I think he's I think he's all right. Um, and he was very good at SANFL level. But uh, yeah, I think that could be one of those rotating spots. And he's got Alwyn Davey uh, Jr. breathing down his neck as well. So yeah, we might actually have a, a nice little small forward problem at Essendon for the first time in a while, which would be nice. Um, uh, now, well, we've wrapped up the, that'll wrap up the rookie section, but I, we've got more to come. I just want to give a shout out to the scplaybook.com.au website, which is looking fantastic at the moment. Um, this year, an SC Playbook subscription package um, will set you back $50 for the full package, which is NRL, AFL, and BBL for 12 months, or $30 for just the AFL package. You get extra premium, art, extra premium articles every round, access to our exclusive WhatsApp group with weekly Q&As with our contributors and the community, and access to our major unlimited group prize to be announced as well. So get over to scplaybook.com.au and give it a look. Um, now, boys, I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, we, we threw out a Q&A for the first time this year and we got one very interesting question. And there's actually only one of you that is allowed to answer this. Um, Rob, one, uh, one listener wants to know whether, whether he should start with Took or Jack McRae to start the year. Oh, <laughs> again, let, let's go back half an hour in this conversation. <laughs> Compare them shirts off. It, it's one answer. Now, look, I, I think it's Tuke. I think there's no questions around his role. Um, he, he probably even had a down year last year, even given the numbers he had because of his tackle count early. Um, so I can only see that improving. Uh, Jack McRae, there's just a question mark. He, he started to you know decline over the last couple of years from a very high bar. Um does he play more on the outside than the inside? Do the dogs need to change it up a little bit with a bit of, a bit pacier, quicker ball movement? He can be a bit of a plotter sometimes, as good as he is. Um, so, yeah, in the conversation, I'll always go Took. Love it. Dylan, which way are you leaning? Yeah, I think I'm, I'd go Took as well, I think. Outside yeah. of... Uh, I'd even have <clears throat> Took as potentially the number one midfielder this year in terms of starting, um, I think... You know, Laird, you're paying north of 700K. And Oliver, there's a few question marks around his um, finger or hand injury, I think it is. So, yeah, I, I can't see a world where you wouldn't pick Tuke, um in your starting side. I agree. Well, that will be just enough for us today, boys. Um, really appreciate your time. Uh, Rob, it's great to have you on board. Thank you for joining the SC Playbook podcast today. Uh, can't wait to hear more from you on the website, on the podcast in coming weeks. Um, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Eddie. And thank you, Dylan. You've got a big camp to go on this weekend, so I won't hold you up too much longer. Uh, really appreciate your time today. Uh, we'll speak to you boys soon.